This is The Insecurity Project. If you are looking to solve the insecurity problem in your life, rather than just manage it, mask it or medicate it, you have come to the right place. This is the home of high-quality content and conversations about how to overcome insecurity. If you can do that, it's not just good for you, it's not just good for your friends and family, it's good for the world, so it's kind of important. There's some work to do here, but let's go do this work together. Now on to today's show. Hello friends, welcome to another installment of 10 Minute Tuesday. Today's subject is gaslighting. This is a term I'd never even come across until a few months ago when I did a bit of research on my own about trying to unpack what was happening for me emotionally and relationally. There's some, there's some stuff going on with a particular person I was dealing with that didn't feel great and really sent me into a spin. And so uh, this term was really helpful in understanding what was going on for me and, and what I perceived was going on for them. So I don't know whether you've come across the term before, whether you've experienced it, uh, maybe you do it. But let me explain what gaslighting is. So firstly, it comes from uh, a British play, a 1938 British play called Gaslight. Uh, And the basis of the play was the husband was systematically, psychologically manipulating his wife throughout the whole uh, play and in the process was weakening her state and creating great mental instability until she didn't know up from down, right from wrong, was eventually in a mental institution. And so the term, the term gaslighting then became part of the vernacular and it just means precisely that, that you are being gaslighted when someone is psychologically manipulating you. They are uh, sowing seeds of doubt, causing you to question your memory, uh, question your judgment and your perception of reality. So it's a really interesting tactic, uh, quite common, very painful. And the purpose of 10 Minute Tuesday today is to help you uh, see it, understand it, notice when it's happening for you, notice when you're doing it for others. And, and I want to give you five really practical ways of uh, exiting a gaslighting strategy if you're being gaslighted at the moment. So um, like... Firstly, I think the, the reason it happens, and, and I think there's probably been three or four times in my life where now that I know what it means, uh, there, there are three, four really uh, acute periods of, of being gaslighted by someone else. And I, I think that in my experience, and this might be the same for you or might not be, but I think typically it happens when the nature of relationship changes. So I think for me, it happened when, um, when, there, was a, when there was a conflict. And that's natural for any relationship. So when we had to have a difficult conversation. And so for me, it's, it comes up when insecurity is threatened or exposed. So someone feels like their safe space within the, your relationship is, is now in jeopardy. And uh, when people are threatened, uh, the typical response is to counterattack, is to defend, deny, and, and counterattack. So gaslighting is a really clever way of counterattacking to deflect attention away from the person who's feeling insecure or threatened back onto you. Because if they can weaken your perception, your judgment, and your memory, well, then they get to stay in their safe zone and they don't have any of their insecurity addressed. So that for me is where it's happened. And I, and I think that's probably where it happens for most people. When, when the nature of a relationship changes. So when you address something, when you bring something up, when you have to have a difficult conversation, when there's a bit of conflict, um, that's when this, this gaslighting can really take place. So some of the key techniques uh, in gaslighting are withholding information, uh, 
countering your version of, of the truth with a false version of the truth, forgetting stuff, denying stuff, diverting attention from the real conversation and trivializing your experience. So quite simply, I think um, gaslighting happens when the data is compromised. So I, in, in our home, we have a, a saying uh, when, when we're in conflict with the kids, with, the, with each other, with Kat and I, um, can, we just, can, you, can we just review the data, please? Can we just get clear about the data? Because I think when you've got clear data to work with and both people agree with the data, then you can, you can quite easily solve a problem. Um, when the data is compromised and you are not clear about the data, that's when the challenges emerge. So gaslighting happens when, when the data is there, you, you experienced pain, something went wrong, and, and, but your version of the data is then misrepresented and twisted. And you're like, did, I, is that, did that actually happen? Am I right? Maybe, maybe I've got it wrong. Maybe uh, I didn't understand things properly. Maybe I'm in the wrong. Maybe I'm the bad guy here. So the data gets misrepresented and it creates cognitive dissonance. Now, that's a term that I addressed in episode 138, if you want to go back and listen to that. But, but I think that's the real pain of, of gaslighting. It creates this internal dissonance. It's like you don't know what is right and wrong anymore. You question your own self. So you think you're right. You think you've got a case. You think you're, you're being rational um, and, and it makes sense to you. Yet uh, in the psychological manipulation of the other person, they question your data and make you go, maybe I'm not right. So there's this dissonance happening internally that really weakens you and, and can really undermine your self-esteem and, and create some significant suffering. <clears throat> so uh, that's, a, that's the telltale signs when the data has been compromised. Not a fun experience at all. So I, I think, you know, you know me, I, I'm very uh, reluctant to give anyone a label or um, define anyone by their behaviour. So the idea of why would anyone gaslight? Is it because they're a narcissist? You know, is it because they're a terrible person? You know, none of those things are why anyone would gaslight. People gaslight because they're under threat. It's just a clever way to stay safe. And <laughs> if you're under attack, you're going to use all available resources to protect yourself. That's a natural def default mechanism. If you don't have the capacity to handle the attack, if you feel threatened and vulnerable and you don't feel safe, you can come out and address yourself, whether that's real or imagined, then the only other option is to attack. So it doesn't justify or make it okay, but no one's a bad person. Everyone's doing the best they know how. No one's trying to hurt themselves or others. Typically our strategies do exactly that. They create a lot of pain and suffering, but let's refrain from saying, if you're a gaslighter, you are a terrible person. That's never true. Um, so here, here are five ways for you to um, deal with this if this is your experience in life right now. If you're in a relationship where someone's really weakening you and making you question your memory and making you feel like you're a bad guy, you felt like they did something wrong, you've addressed it, and now it's all back on you, and now you're questioning your judgment, maybe you need to settle down, maybe you've misread the information, and it's really weakening your self-esteem. Here, here are five ways to, to get out of that situation. Um, so firstly... Uh, you know, because this all relates to insecurity. A person gaslights out of their own insecurity and it can create significant insecurity of the person who's being gas, gas lighted, gas lit, whatever. Um, number one, you've got to find your own true north internally, not externally. So if you're a person who relies on someone else to create true north, if you look to defer your sense of what's right and wrong to someone else's judgment, you're very vulnerable for gaslighting because then someone can tweak the data 
and make you question yourself and you're at sea because you rely on them to set the directions and set the coordinates. So if you're in a romantic relationship, you've been gaslighted right now, but you, you are very vulnerable if you defer to your partner to be the one to make the key decisions and set the direction, you're in strife. Um, so, so obviously the, the process of overcoming insecurity is to become the adult, to fully become the adult. And that means referencing your own opinion. So finding true north internally and the ability to come back to you is, is really central and to know what you believe and be okay to be the only one that you reference. And, and if you believe it, then that's okay. Um, secondly, and similarly, is to become your own safety. Um, one of the most extraordinary bits of personal development work is to find safety internally rather than out externally to be the one who's got your own back, to be the one who understands you, to be the one who gets you, to be the one who affirms and loves you. You've heard me use my mantra, no doubt. Hey, Jamin, I, I deeply love and accept you. And just to rotate through that sentence, changing the emphasis on different words to, to feel the whole range of experience through that sentence. But basically it's like, hey, listen, I don't think you're crazy. I don't think you're losing your mind. I think you've got a valid point. I hear what you're saying. I'm not trying to weaken you. I'm not trying to undermine you. I love you. I accept you. You are safe with me. You're not a bad person. You're doing the best you know how and your position is okay. So having that internal resource is the only really way you're going to get out of gaslighting. I know for me, the times that I've really suffered in that experience, it's really weakened my confidence and my sense of direction and whether I'm right. And I felt like the bad guy. Um, The way out of it, was for me to come back internally, check in with what was true north and to deeply love and accept myself and, and to kind of reconcile that my own opinion was okay. Um, and then out of that, I went, do you know what? I'm actually not prepared to be the bad guy in this situation because I'm not the bad guy. I, I am not the bad guy in this situation. So my accusation stands. My request is valid. My point of view is enough. And I'm going to let it stand and I'm not going to be the bad guy in this story. I'm not, I just am not. So you can do whatever you like with it. I don't know what's happening for you right now, but whatever's happening for you right now, I'm not the bad guy. I'm not the bad guy. I'm not the bad guy. Now uh, this goes on to point number three, don't cling to relationships. So I think it's interesting exploring people's rules. Sometimes your relationship rules are friends for life or blood is thicker than water, families, everything. That, that again leaves you vulnerable. If someone has to be in your world for the rest of your life, you are vulnerable to tolerate whatever nonsense they dish up to you. That's not the rules that I play by. Um, I, I am a good person. I am um, a, a delight to be friends with. Honestly, I'm a good friend. I have a lot to give. Um, so I'm, I know that I've owned that. That's my opinion and I, and I like that. So I will always have good people in my world. People are welcome to have a seat at the table, but not at all costs and not all behaviors tolerated. So that has enabled me to let people go at certain times and go, okay, um, I'm not going to be the bad guy. My opinion is valid, whatever you think of it, and you can respond however you like. Um, but if that means letting go and, and you phasing out of my world, well, that's, that's going to be okay because I'm not going to be the bad guy. I'm not going to be the bad guy. And number four, uh, deal with your own insecurity you know, one of the most profound bits of relationship wisdom from the Bible. Uh, take the plank, Jesus says, and take the plank out of your own eye so you can see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. 
Uh, really beautiful advice. Uh, the kid president says it like this, uh, deal with the barbecue sauce stain on your own T-shirt before you're pouring out the barbecue sauce stain on your friend's shirt. So, you know, everyone's got insecurity. We're kind of clear about that. People are gaslighting out of their own insecurity. So you're going you're gonna to resolve this yourself by facing your own insecurity first. Um, really doing the work. Obviously the seven essential practices, there's no surprise about how to solve insecurity is a problem that can be solved. Uh, you'll, you'll hear me say nothing different. You, you don't have to manage it. You can resolve this for good, but make sure that that is your focus. Deal with your own insecurity, um, resolve your own opinions of yourself. And finally, uh, wisdom from Don Miguel Ruiz, take nothing personally, take nothing personally. Sounds like great advice, but the beautiful kicker to this is because it's not about you. Take nothing personally because it's not about you. If you are being gaslighted, if someone is undermining your psychology, weakening you, making you question your memory, your perception, your judgment, making you feel like the bad guy, putting it back on you so that they get to stay safe, it's not about you. It has nothing to do with you. It honestly does. And you don't have to take it personally because it's them. It's their stuff. It's their challenge. It's their journey. It's their insecurity. It's their defense mechanism. It's their sense of being threatened that's causing the behavior in a way that's hurting you. It is not about you. It has never been about you. So therefore, you don't need to take it personally. Um, I, um, that has been such a life-changing uh, bit of wisdom for me. And, and it's always interesting hearing people take things personally these days. It is, it really is. Imagining that someone else has the power to ruin their life. <laughs> no one has the power to bless you or curse you without your permission. No one, no one. It frees you to take nothing personally because it's not about you. So I hope that's useful. Uh, if you've got any questions or you've got an example that you'd like to work through with me, please reach out. Um, I understand people suffer greatly for not knowing how to deal with this. And that is the intention of the insecurity project to provide you high quality resources and tools and frameworks to do this work in your own life. As always, if you hadn't got, haven't got a copy of the book, you can still get it for free. You can upgrade and get the audio and digital versions as well. If that's useful, if that's the way you process information. I always do that first. I always get the audio version first listen to it a couple of times. If I love a book, then I'll get the hard copy. Um, so feel, feel free to do that. And then when you finish that, the next logical step is to go do the short course and keep solving this problem in your life. I hope that's been useful. I'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. The aim of the game is to show up to life unhindered by doubt, fear and insecurity so that you can be at your best where it matters most. Now, if you're ready to begin the work of becoming unhindered in your life, the Unhindered Short Course is an eight-part video series designed to help you do exactly that. And at only $99 for a limited time, it's an offer too good to refuse. For more information, go to theinsecurityproject.com. 